Hello and welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. It's me, the Batman, and welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. Today we have Ian and Shay of Camp Re-Education. I'm super pumped for the episode, but before we get going, I'm going to give you a recommendation. Today it's in the form of a documentary. That documentary is on Netflix, and it's called The Social Dilemma. You absolutely have to watch this dang documentary, and you have to change your life accordingly. If you haven't drank any water today, get some water, take care of yourself, stretch your body, unfurl your brow, relax your shoulders. Let's get to it. The Junkyard Love Podcast featuring Camp Re-Education, Ian and Shay. Let's go. We kind of figured we would keep this um, kind of conversational-ish and, and casual. I thought it was cool that you guys were talking about uh, you're now doing adult meeting people. You're uh, me- meeting new friends that way, so we can almost even treat it like this, just be inquisitive with one another. Um, we could start with Tell us about Camp Re-Education, and then if you guys could squeeze some of your background as, as just individuals, like what's led you to this, too, we'll, we'll get it going. Tell me about Camp Re-Education. Sure. Um, Shay, I feel like I always hand this question off to you, <laughs> and you always do a really good job. Do you want to do that here as well? That's so funny, because I feel like I always hand it off to you, because I never <laughs> want to start. Uh, okay. But I love that you offered the baton to me, so I will take it. Um, okay. Yeah, so Camper Education started, uh, Ian had suggested it months and months ago, and it took us forever to finally get the ball rolling. But uh, And I think the reason for that was because he originally suggested the name Hamster Fight, which <laughs> made no sense to me. And uh, I didn't quite, we, the concept wasn't totally there. Uh, but now the concept is uh, we, we do two-week immersions into various topics, and we try and dive as deep as humanly possible while still currently having jobs. Um, we we've done crazy things so far. We did uh, we've yeah. we've done microdosing. That was actually a four week immersion. Uh, we've done makeup. We've done podcasts. We've done reality TV. We're in the middle of one on friendship right now, which is already like such a crazy subject. It, it it's this one of these subjects that sounds so simple, and then as soon as you start digging into it, and you on on you peel back the layers of that onion, you realize how complicated and intricate it really is um but yeah i guess about myself like i uh ian and i both met in we met in gainesville florida uh yeah. living together we we met in an existentialism class and uh like within you're two gonna, or three you have to explain that at some point i oh, i always man. make the joke i'm like we, we we met in the most like pretentious way possible yeah. in a college existentialism class like there's no worse way to meet someone and like how did you two meet because as soon as that comes up, you're like, ah, oh, here we go. Uh, we met in an existentialism class, and that is like a trigger for people to leave the conversation. They're like, oh. yeah, this, this conversation is over, man. I can already tell it. I don't want to talk to you. See you later. Well, I'm yeah. still here for it. Oh, nice. <laughs> you're like, oh, no, my, uh, my Zoom is uh, it's weird. I can't hear you guys. Uh, it's, a, uh, I, it's going through a tunnel. I don't uh... <laughs> no, Yeah. I, I feel like you guys have good chemistry. Go on. 
Yeah, I don't know how Basement. that worked out because we we uh, we really I didn't really like Ian at all <laughs> at first. <And laughs> Ian Ian's just such a funny guy, and he can command a room. And uh, still now, but especially back then, I just loved attention. And uh, so Ian was just a lot better than me at getting it. So he was my natural rival. But then he was he was just so charming that I got over the jealousy and then was just charmed myself and then uh, like <laughs> two or three months later like i don't know why like i guess he, his apartment like was up the lease was up or something and he ended up moving in with me uh for like two or three months or something well we got we got really close really fast and i i was actually thinking about that during so you know like you'd mentioned the camp we're doing right now is adult friendship and um, one of the things that we're kind of doing during this camp is I think reflecting on friends uh, we've made in the past. And um, I was thinking about ours and like, uh, what is it that bonded us together super quickly? I mean, like we became fast friends. Uh, I mean, we became friends really fast because I think like, what, two months after knowing you, like we were living together. Living together and working together. Ian got me a, a job at the University of Florida teaching yeah. um like basically teaching foreign exchange students english and um i don't know yeah i really don't know and then 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 we spent like shortly after moving in together he got a job and left the country and we basically didn't see each other for six years seven seven years seven did you years. guys text every day through via Not satellite really. phone or no we like honestly our friendship uh friendship was like on like a on definite pause um, yeah. for a long time, we'd occasionally catch up and, and text, but then as soon as we like started hanging out again, uh, right after Ian got back into the country, it was as if nothing had happened, you know, it was just like, Oh yeah, this guy, what's That's up? Perfect. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. It's really yeah. crazy. That was, that was crazy. I actually, I actually forgot about that to be completely. Yeah. It's like, as soon as I saw this guy again, it's like, we picked up right where we left off. I mean, you it might've been might six well... year breakup. Right? Yeah. <laughs> just like he kept going. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I, I was just going to dig in a little bit more um, just about your guys' individual background. So that's how you met. Um, yeah. Well, you, you guys both have such good chemistry and you're able to pick that chemistry back up like like nothing. Um, do you guys have a lot of the same interests? I mean, I know I know a few of your interests just off the uh, the top list that I saw over on Reddit. But um, you guys want to explain to the listeners a couple of your interests, too, and how they overlap there. Because I think I, I feel like with with the podcast for this, I'm always trying to point out where people are the same and like different bridges that we can gap because you can have nothing in common. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, you like little plastic Dragon Ball Z figurines? And that's just <laughs> a bridge, you know? So yeah. I, I feel like you guys have a lot of those. Your chemistry is fantastic. Like I've said it multiple times now. Thanks, man. appreciate it. Um, Shade, shade you. I just, I just always want to defer to you. I'm like, yeah, you, you, you start, and then like once you pick up momentum, I'll just, I'm like drafting on you, like it's a bicycle race or a triathlon or something. That's great. I love it. Um, I like to think of it as you're just riding on my coattails, but that's fine too. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we were both musicians. We both like, we actually have an incredibly similar backstory. It's, it's bizarre. Like, uh, both of us almost didn't graduate high school, and then had this weird come to Jesus moment, and then went to college, and then ended up becoming super academic afterwards. We were like both had disciplinary problems, and um, super creative, super outgoing people, and. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I know we were both recording music a lot. Mm -hmm. What kind of music do you guys record? What what did you get into? I, I, I'm in a band, so I do like a, I do like indie electronic music. The band's called Retrolux, and um, it's it's me and a singer. 
uh, uh, a really good friend of mine. She lives in Toronto now, so we're we're split apart. It's crazy. All, all, Ian and I are split apart as well. So I'm in New York. Yeah. Ian's in Boston. So all of our all of my like collaborations are remote now, which I guess for most people now that's the norm, which yeah. is interesting. But um, but yeah. So I, I do like the indie electronic, and I think Ian, you do. Uh, you you were it was inter- you're, the kind of music you did was really interesting. I thought. I uh, I was I was kind of all over the place. Um, so I my first band was actually a uh, my first band was actually like an a weird alternative band. Um, and then like the music I got really serious with in high school was um, I was in a screamo band at like the peak of uh like just the screamo phase and like the the yes. mid 2000s who'd you, who'd you listen to screamo band oh my god um I'm, I'm not i'm i'm aging and like outing myself it's just like a, a <laughs> it's very like slipping away it's so insignificant <laughs> now you're like i don't listen to um anymore. so i uh loved you know like just just like all like the main the main stuff i guess like the use census fail from first to last um Thursday, uh, just like you know, you're the the ba- I don't want to say like the basics, but like that's pretty much what it is. It's like yeah. it's like the starter pack screamo for kids. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, I I fit in with all of those. I was nodding my head furiously. I've I've purchased those shirts at Hot Topic myself. Oh my that's god! Amazing. Right? Yeah, just like oh yeah, dude, check out this sweet new used shirt. <laughs> yeah, I would get my I would get my school clothes at either Hot Topic or Warp Tour when they were floating around. See, I always wanted to be that kid. I like remember there was no hot topic within driving distance of where I grew up. And I remember being like 13, 14 and demanding my mom take me shopping so I could buy some black clothes. And we ended up in Macy's and I was like, no, it's not the right kind. Like, where's the where's the cool <laughs> black clothes? And I just didn't understand. I didn't I had never even heard of hot topic. You know, so yeah. I was I was a poser. Moms I just don't understand. Moms don't get it. <laughs> Come on, moms. <laughs> God, I remember I remember my mom just being so worried about me going through that phase too. Like I remember one time I was watching uh like VH1's behind the music and it was about like Guns N' Roses and it was the part where they're like uh, I don't know, Slash or Axel. I'm not sure of their names. It was like, yeah, and that's when the heroin started. The, yeah, and my mom shooting heroin, yeah. <laughs> my mom like turned off the TV and she's like, Is this where you wanna end up? Is this <laughs> is this where you wanna end up? And I was like <laughs> I mean, like, no, like, no kid watches that and like, forget the music. Like, why can I get heroin? I'm putting this guitar down. That looks yeah. like where I want to go. Like, oh, I can just buy heroin. I thought I had to be a musician to do heroin. Well, like, what am I doing? <laughs> well, that that's super cool. I uh, so I am a DJ now. I mean, I'm I'm. It's weird. I haven't been a DJ for a few months now. There's not exactly too many gigs. Right. Um, but I got into music myself. I didn't have much of a musical background. Just kind of like. An obsession. I always had headphones in. I was the Walkman kid. Um, I had so many songs in my MP3 player after the Walkman. Always listening to music. Always going to shows and stuff. And then eventually, uh, after high school, I decided I was like, dude, I I think I could do that thing that that guy's doing up there. And I've <laughs> learning DJing for um, nine years or now. So oh, wow. and and, and wow. I and I I, I learned. You know, you learn of course some music, and you kind of backhanded learn a lot of weird audio stuff. And you, I, music theory is so confusing to me, but I have a part inside me that understands it, whatever that means. Um, but it's, it, so last couple of years, I've been really exploring the musician side. I've been um, trying to learn piano in my own way and uh, try to, you know, learn. I eventually want to be a musician is essentially where I'm at with my DJing. But uh, it's been a really cool journey and it's really cool to talk to other musicians. I feel like they always have great perspectives on things. Have yeah. you tried producing at all? Yeah, um, I I feel like I have just a ton of ADHD, and so a lot of times 
if it's not quick, I, I don't want to pull up the same project. So if sometimes I'll spend all day working on same something, just the same kick, just looping it, whatever. But then the next day, I don't want to pull it back up. Um, that's that's right. how I was. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like, but I I do a good amount of edits and stuff like for my DJ sets. I like um, adding in a bunch of spoken word stuff and adding you know making different mashups in that way. I'll I'll lean more into producing as I continue down the music world. But right now I'm just a a novice learning. You and I kind of went like the the opposite way a little bit because mm -hmm. um and and Shay and I have had this conversation too. Like uh, after the the screamo band um broke up. <laughs> After we broke up, man, the future. Did you scream like, at well, each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was. Uh, I'm I wanted to make like a screamo pun, but I just there's I couldn't think of one that I wanted to go with. Um, but yeah, like I started making acoust acoustic music and um, did like a a solo project, and then music just started gradually getting more and more electronic, and uh, I was just kind of like. I think I'm going to go ahead and bow out. Like, it's just, I, I can like become an engineer basically, or I can just like respectfully say, right. well, it's been fun. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of went back to like Shay had mentioned, I was like, maybe I should just go to college. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. It's funny. Cause I was the exact opposite. I was like, things are going electronic and I was already recording a little bit in the studio and I was like, I think I could do that. And I started learning like MIDI and all the programming stuff. And mm -hmm. that was super fascinating. And I wanted to really dive in and learn that. And it's just so much easier when you don't have a space to practice. It's just you in a room with all your controllers. You can just do whatever and experiment. And there's like very little opportunity cost because you, you don't need someone to come in and track you don't need a bassist. You can just right. play a synth bass. I mean, obviously it doesn't sound the same, but you can make something that sounds some some way, <laughs> you know, so, hopefully somewhat <laughs> interesting. But yeah, yeah, I, I always like the uh, uh, Duncan Trussell, who's a comedian that I've I've known him through uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, watching him on Joe Rogan's podcast. He had this sentence that I was like, that is so perfect. He's like, sometimes you just need to uh, 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 like be in a dark room with your synthesizer, just crying and drooling over it. Or so, something uh, along those lines. And I was like, yeah, you know, there is that emotional release of just being able to make some stuff on an electrical thing, you know, just some sound to come out of my fingers from this MIDI controller. It's a really good thing. I think it's a, there's a lot of healing in that in a weird way. It's totally meditative, 100%, you know, especially sound design or like you, you like, if you, if you make your own synth and then you're just like, all right, I, like I spent, 10 minutes, like making a really cool synth sound. Like now what am I going to do with it? And then you just like explore what this new sound is like. And yes. if anything cool or catchy or, you know, emotional can come out of that. I was going to ask, um, do you guys have like a, a favorite song that you've written and, and like why? I'll let you take that, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay. So I'm pretty new to songwriting. I love songwriting. I think it's the coolest thing. Some days I'm like very grandiose and I like to just to give myself confidence. I'm like, I'm secretly so good at songwriting. <laughs> I think that I'm terrible, but some days I'm really in my head. I'm like, dude, you're really good. So um, <laughs> I, write a, I write a lot of songs and I'm still so fresh, like the last two years of really actually trying to sit down and make something. But I did have a couple months ago, I had this like spoken word poetic piece that um, I had a few friends over and I performed it for them. Just my, I basically captivated them in my basement here and said, listen to my art. And I played it for them and, and they were supportive of it. So that the is my favorite. Just, them yeah, I locked them. I shut the doors and the deadbolt and everything. <laughs> and uh, so that's my favorite song right now. Um, and I don't even have a name for it, but it's just like this spoken word piece. I that's love cool. that. Yeah. What, what about you, Shay? Man, I don't know. 
You know, like I, I my, my musical, my music background is split because I either do entirely electronic or just for myself and for my close friends, I'll, I'll write um, songs on guitar. So I wrote a song for my girlfriend recently, and it's like the first song I've written in like a year or something where I'm like, I'm, I actually sing and like I write lyrics because I never normally do that. And uh, I guess right now it's my favorite because it's so um, like writing lyrics and singing yourself. It's just so much more emotionally close. I guess that's what you're talking about with the spoken word. And I'm just so used to normally having. Um, I'm just so used to normally having. All of that outsourced to someone else, and like I can create like an emotional canvas for someone else to imbue the more specific meaning. And so for me to like actually write down some lyrics and like my girlfriend's really shy. So I wrote this song called uh, Hide and Seek and uh, which is so lame. And I know it's been done like, I'm, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, but like, what are you going to do? So and it's like the lyrics are just like oh, they border on creepy. And I think like a lot of love songs, they're like <laughs> in, the, in the wrong light. It's creepy. You know, it's yeah. only if it's if it's wanted. that it's yeah. good. But it's just like talking about. um how uh it's like you can go ahead and play hide and seek but like i see you like you you can try your best to hide from me but it doesn't work like i see who you are and like i love you and like you can put up all these walls and like try and hide yourself as like in your own way whatever that means for you but it doesn't matter you know i'm, I'm here i see you like i love you and uh it was really impactful for me and for our relationship and i don't know so for i don't know really i don't know that was really touching, man. Gee, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't even know this. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a good song. I think I, I really like the, the I see you. I think that's something that, you know, when, you, when you're experiencing love in a relationship, it's something that you can communicate through is this like, no, really, you can look them in the eye and say, I see you. And it means something way different than anybody else in the world saying that same thing to you at that moment. Right. Yeah, we, we just, uh, so one of the camps we did, the immersions for the podcast was uh, into, into microdosing. And a, as it, turned out we ended up just doing like a ton of macrodosing um and <laughs> all right uh, wait okay do you want to lay out the, the this journey for me like how it went <laughs> uh, imagining the people haven't haven't yet listened to that episode so maybe leave them with a little bit of well that that one's out so they may have uh but i won't i won't give it i won't give too much away but um i mean yeah just um so i guess like a side story of this a spinoff of the, the, the whole camp was me and uh, me and my girlfriend were uh, laying in bed. We decided we were going to do a macro dose. I had never really done like a high level acid trip and she had never really done it at all. So we took some acid and put on a huge playlist that was all of Grizzly Bear's entire discography, some Andrew Bird. And we put on a, a big blank wall that she has in a room projector of Planet Earth with the audio off. So it was just Grizzly Bear and then Planet Earth. And there was just a point where we would just like stare at each other sobbing. And like every time like she could see me looking at her, there was that that thing. It's like, no, we really see each other. And that's really kind of what that the feelings that made that song kind of come from. Yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, I imagine that's probably something that when you guys first set out to do that episode, you didn't think that that was going to be something that would come out of it. Like one of the most deep, meaningful situations with your significant other. It's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Shay. It's been crazy. Like, every, we're constantly surprised, I think, with where yeah. what we think that it's going to be like and then what it ends up turning out to be. 
That's that's what I was going to say, too, is like we every time and it's been really fun. And I, I hope that comes through for anybody that listens to our podcast. But I mean, like, you know, the first one we started out doing, we 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 picked something really simple. We were like, all right, like we'll kind of use this subject to also learn how to just make a podcast. So we won't, you know, um, really get in our own ways too much. And we did reality TV. And the goal was to watch like two hours of reality TV every day. And by the end, I was like watching The Simple Life, like, you know, writing in my journal, like, oh, I get it. Like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, they're like a metaphor for the way like aristocrats like rule over and make life harder for middle America. I, I, I get it. So it just it goes on like these these whole um, like I, there's like all of these like thoughts and feelings that just kind of come out of left field. And like a lot of it has been really teaching us more about ourselves, I think, too. Like. Mm. Yeah, the reality TV one especially. Like there was this this big question that uh, really caught us by surprise, which we we just weren't expecting at all. And it was the, the question of whether or not the criticism of reality TV, because I feel like everyone criticizes reality TV as it's like you know it's garbage TV or whatever. And we 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 started to wonder if the criticism of reality TV itself was maybe sexist like it was or based in some kind of gender bias because a lot of the, the the TV they're talking about are is like reality TV geared at women and that was this weird reflection that seems like it seems obvious to us now but at the time it was like wait are we like being really sexist all of a sudden like oh, we didn't wow, yeah. we didn't even understand it cuz we were like haha reality TV it's so dumb and then we're like oh man this is like a medium that's like targeted towards women i mean it, they self describe like and they market themselves sometimes as trash TV, but still, even even considering that, it was it was a question that like all of a sudden was like eye opening and shocking, and like we really had to pump the brakes for a minute during the immersion. Yeah, that was that was an interesting moment. And I mean, uh, I was it your friend that brought up the point as well that um, we had uh, interviewed a, a friend of Shay's who had kind of brought up that like no one talks about reality TV shows for men the same way, like Viva La Bam and Jackass, like these shows that are just objectively way worse uh in terms of just the stupidity that they kind of project or, or capture and and those just kind of get ignored and like all the focus is on you know real housewives and um you know the bachelor right yeah that, that is that's a super interesting perspective because i don't think i would have thought of either of those things the men's reality tv show i mean i grew up watching cky and all those guys just like drop kick each other in the face yeah. as a teenager um and it, it's interesting because it makes you kind of think, you know, it, it's almost just a reminder of not everything is for everyone. I know that sounds so overly obvious, but like we, we consume things that are in like the, the popular media as if it's like, this is what everyone should like. And it's this one layer. And it's sometimes you got to be reminded of like when you actually indulge in it and you're, it's not that it sucks. It's just that it's not your thing a lot of the yeah. times. Yes. We we ended up we ended up talking about that as well. Like um one of the one of the I don't know if I would call it like a, a realization or just conversation that we had had Shay, but it was that uh that like uh who was it Schoenberg that idea like oh if it's for art it's not for all and if it's uh for all then it's not art, and um we just kind of talked about like the atomization of culture in general and like we're at this area of like hyper specificity to the to the extent that like nothing is for everyone anymore. Um, so it's like in that sense, like everything is art for someone in some capacity. So, I mean, it was, it, it really took us down a rabbit hole, but it was super interesting to think about this thing that's relatively ubiquitous in like American culture. So it was it, a, a blast to think about for two weeks. 
It was also just shocking because we didn't see that coming. We thought like the, the, the premise of the show is to check our biases and our preconceptions. Like that's like that's the whole idea. We're reeducating ourselves. That's the point. But I think even then, I thought we th- we still kind of thought we were going to go in, be like, just, you know, like go through the motions, like try and see other perspectives. But then we were like actually shocked to see this depth in this in this art form that is, I don't know, always ridiculed and always thought of as as a lower common denominator. But I don't know. It, now it just feels to me more akin to a weird like really progressive folk art where it's like hyper in your face, but it's, it is kind of for everyone. It's like, it's like graffiti. It's aggressive and it's loud, um, but it's entertaining in its own way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's so cool. Like you just by diving into the culture for, for two weeks, you're, you're like, Oh, okay. I, I get this, this much more. Have you guys changed a lot of, so just from when you first had the conceptual idea of like, Oh, we could do this and, and we're inquisitive and we're willing to try these things, whatever. Um, just then till now, um, have you guys like changed your approach towards how you're going to handle the upcoming episodes and the upcoming um, um, immersions? I'll let you take this one in. um that's that's a really great tough question um you know what's so interesting is like when we first started these camps i was asking impossible questions so with every camp we try to give ourselves like some a guiding question to help us think about it moving forward so we're not just kind of uh, groping blindly through the subject and mine have been apps like really difficult like my first question was um Shay, what was my first question? I already forgot it. I think it was like, how does reality TV reflect the zeitgeist of no, our that era? Was the, that was the podcast one. So okay. the podcast one was, what, uh, <laughs> like, how do, yeah, what, what are po- how do podcasts reflect the zeitgeist of our age? I think reality TV was, can oh, reality can be, TV be art? Can it be art, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, microdosing was, um, when we did microdosing, it was, can microdosing uh, help you um, achieve transcendence and thus also, uh, like, uh, not support. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I guess help you reach self-actualization. And then for makeup camp, it was. I think it makeup... was like, "What is beauty?" or something. Y- yeah. So it's like I, th- my question started really broadly, and like as we've continued to do this, I've kind of realized that like I really need to narrow my focus because I've just been super overwhelming myself. Um, and it's it's kind of proven for good comedy because like halfway through, I'm like, "Why did I do this?" Yeah, like, he's like impossible. writing a book. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, more or less, that's what it was like. Um, so, like, yeah, like, Shay, what about you? How, how I've changed. Honestly, uh, I think I feel more confident now just from this experience to try and believe something for a little while with the understanding that I can be wrong in that belief and then and revisit it later. I, I think starting out, I was really afraid to commit to an idea about something I don't already know a lot about, which I think is a good thing in some ways. I don't think it's good to, to commit so firmly to a belief without having a lot of grounding to it. But I do think that for me, it was a little bit disabling. And I think now I, I can proceed with some confidence and in, in some conviction in my understanding of things with the understanding that they can always be revisited, that I'm going to be wrong regardless of how much conviction I put in it or not. I'm, sometimes I'm going to be wrong. So now at least I can 
take a deep breath and continue with some confidence and then now just be like, oh, okay, well, that was a wrong idea. Like I, I messed up and now I can just acknowledge that and move on and there's no catastrophe. You know, now I, I'm just, I'm still here. Yeah. I like that. I, that's, I, a, that's a great point. Go on, go on, Ian. I, I, I was just going to say too, like w maybe the, the most beneficial or the most fun part about this project and Shay, I'm not sure if you would agree or not, maybe you would, is that it, it's been great to kind of help me approach my co like cognitive dissonance abstractly like to be able to kind of see it as something that i'm trying to dissect for an audience as opposed to just like something that's fundamental to who i am as a person um and that's when we kind of talked about like we've been learning a lot about ourselves it's like instead of you know you get into an argument with someone and uh, i don't know they say something like um uh, oh you know well all lives matter and then like there's just kind of that instinct where you're like it just kicks in and you're like wow fucker yeah. um it, 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 um, not that we've been doing getting into stuff like that, but like, you know, beliefs that I've had and then I'm having these experiences and like I'm having different uh, opinions about them and it's different from what I thought. And then just kind of being able to like, you know, feel that and then dissect it and be like, well, what is this coming from? Um, how can I explain this to people? And that's really helped just kind of um, kind, I, I, I don't know, like uh, dissect the self and be like, oh, okay, like this is why I feel this way about this thing. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant, man. I, because I, you know, that's why like what your guys' podcast, what you guys are doing really caught my eye is like, I think right now, especially in the world as individuals, we all need to kind of take a look at why we think we know so much about what we think we know. You know, yeah. it's such a, such a weird, weird on so many weird. is not even the word. There needs to be a new word beyond weird for what's going on everywhere in the world right now. Like we can't <laughs> seem to make sense of it. Like we're yelling over each other's heads and between each other's legs, but we think we're having like a logistical argument or something. So I think it's really cool that you guys are taking a look in and like, Oh, what, what do I know about this now? And what do I know after emerging, emerging, emerging myself in it for two weeks? Um, yeah. I think that, so for me, because I, I kind of gained this over the last couple of years, I kind of gained this like remain in disbelief um, uh, sort of thing when, when I'm hosting the podcast, I really try to like, just be open to whatever and really just like almost believe at that moment anyway, everything anybody's telling me at that moment so I can feel what it really feels like. And through more episodes after the episodes and a couple of weeks later, after I've had time to sit on the content, to sit on the conversations, I can find areas where I'm like, you know, I, I don't actually believe that. Or um, no, I, I feel more stern of where I'm at. It's almost the same thing that you guys were saying is it's almost solidifying who I am and desolidifying who I'm not in, in strange particular ways. Yeah. I do really like that too. It's, uh, I, I don't know. I love it. It's such a, um, I feel like it's like a beginner's mind, right? It's like, yeah. or not, it's like the student's mind, like trying to continually continuously just remain open to experience and i'm sure that i'm sure you learn a lot more with that mindset i imagine you yeah. have to yeah can, can we can we take a side road and talk about like can you think of something that each, each of you how did you get to where you're even open to this because i think there's a lot of people who to, to even mold into the beginner's mind i'll say that the first 25 years of my life i mean it was always always fairly growth mindset i was pretty um like self-determined in those sort of ways but I don't think that I was as open to uh, that beginner's mind as I am now. I'm just like a total infant with new conversations now. I'm like, yeah, just, just teach me. And I think that that awareness, like noticing 
where we're sometimes a know-it-all or we think we have something figured out or a subject. I think that's a huge, great starting point for anybody who's maybe on the edge of like, all right, I'm going to try to get this beginner's mind going for myself. So what do you guys have on that? Beginner's mind. How'd you get there? I feel like Ian's better at this. If, if I'm, being I'm asking totally... the weird, <laughs> intricate questions. No, I mean, I actually, I, um, are we allowed to swear on here, by the way? Because I threw uh, in a Fuck F-bomb. yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, flip uh, yeah, just so you're confused. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I, I fucking love this question. I think this is such a great question. And, um, like, right off the bat, there are, like, three things I want to say to kind of answer this question because it's it's like um uh, three cars kind of trying to drive out of a tunnel simultaneously so i'm 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 going to try to walk through this in a way that's like logical and sensible so i mean um immediately b- based on your question about just like you know trying to be open to stuff like that's that's like the 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 conversation mindset where you know if you look at I mean, every sentence is essentially like a thesis, right? Like that in of itself, like is a, is a claim. Um, it's hot, it's cold. Like there's an idea in there that, and you're trying to, you know, like solidify it as as a, a fact about an objective fact about the world. Um, because in a way, like you know, you feeling a certain way is uh, an objective fact, and then another person can, you know, subjectively interpret that and be like, well, no, it's a little, it's a little cold. Um, I don't really think you felt that way. Um, because everything that you say is an interpretation on, on behalf of another person. So you do, if you want to do something like this, you have to kind of suspend that disbelief that you had said. And you can be like, okay, like, absolutely. I, I can imagine myself feeling that way. I'm cold, but I could see why you're hot. Um, so it's just, and that's something I feel like I learned on like linguistics. Uh, when I took a lingu- when linguistics courses in college and stuff like that, and it's just like, oh, like language is just a- an attempt to kind of construct reality. Like, I get it. I get it now. Like, we're all just kind of, it, it's all a fairy tale that we live in and we're trying to, like, kind of communicate that story to another person. So it's like, we're all kind of, it's, it's almost like I imagine um, if I were to try to make it like a more physical metaphor, everyone's kind of living in a bubble, um, but the bubbles are um, porous. So it's like you, you kind of try to uh, intermix that uh interpretation of the world with another person and then like you try to come to a mutual understanding of 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 where you both are um and then the the second one uh, and i'll be really short was um i just remember reading and this is super cheesy but i read an einstein of uh bio i read an einstein what the fuck (laughs) i read a biography of einstein and uh he wrote um in a letter to his first wife like uh may we never lose our childlike sense of curiosity about the world and uh i was like oh that's why he was a fucking genius because he approached everything uh, with a child's mind and was just like you know i don't fully understand how this works um and i think that like it's so easy to kind of and it's not you know it's it's not even easy it's it's the and shay and i talked about this during acid camp it's the default mode network like it's a survival thing. Like um, it's it's biological, and we forget that we're animals sometimes because we're higher order animals. But like our instinct to immediately categorize things as like yes, no, good, bad, hot, cold, big, small, um, it was a was a biological survival technique so that we would be like, okay, tall grass equals big lion, um, you know, dark water equals bad to drink, um, bitter fruit equals diarrhea. Um, and, and that just kind of grew and expanded into, you know, like modern society. So it's like we still have that that lizard brain that uh, is, is quick to judge. 
Um, but we forget that like we, we don't necessarily need that for, you know, ideas or human relationships. So that was very long winded and I apologize, <laughs> but that's, that's my best attempt to answer like a really difficult, but fun question. That was valiant, mate. I loved it. That was great. Yeah. Like Shay, you your guys, turn. I was, I was like, I feel the eyes. They're pointing at me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I really like Ian's answer. Uh, I'll just, I'll just say ditto, and then <laughs> no. But I think what Ian said uh, about the kind of like the psycholinguistic approach to it uh, really resonated with me as well because I, I studied, I studied like linguistics kind of through like a back road. Like I just like started learning other languages and then learning a, a ton about grammar and then kind of through grammar ended up learning a lot, a lot about linguistics and then kind of more like this psycholinguistic approach. But I think, I, I think what you get when you, when you kind of take that approach and you open up your mind, you realize that you like all of language and like every word, like kind of to, to bounce off what you're saying, Ian, every word is just an attempt at encapsulating an idea somehow. So you say the word couch and well, what exactly is couch? Like there is no one couch. There is a range of things in which uh, something could be a couch. So, you know, even that's fluid, which, you know, it seems like such a concrete idea. But, you know, obviously there's gray zones and every, there's gray zones with everything. So I, th and, and when you learn other languages and you see that an idea that is so obvious and distinguished in one language may be open-ended and f like blurry in another. And then you realize that the framework for your interpretation of everything is is just based on a lot of your just your what you've been exposed to so far especially your language i think this is like a little bit of like the sup sapir wharf hypothesis that like your language determines the way you you view the world um yeah. right. which which i like and i also don't like but i don't know i think coming from that perspective you you start to see that everything you know to be something is really it's just an approximation anyway so yeah, as right it's all as a construct yeah so as right as you can be or want to be it's like ultimately how much does it matter you know whatever we're all gonna die and be wrong about tons of things so who cares <laughs> um just just to kind of yeah like um the stuff that shay was talking about uh, initially was like Linguistics 101 is is one of the first and I think everyone should have to take like linguistics 101 like I mean can you imagine like being given this tool and you're never really taught how to use it like right. you've yeah, mastered maybe. it to an extent you know and it's just like like you're using it well enough but maybe you're expelling like um too much energy to to use mm. it correctly but like there's that idea in linguistics of uh you know sense and referent and um you know when I say cat it's like the senses you know okay whiskers tail um, fur, claws, uh, et cetera. Like those are your senses. And then like the referent is like, oh, I had, I had a cat named Hobie um, in second grade. And uh, it's simple when you get into like concrete uh, constructs or, or ideas like, you know, cat, car, couch, like Shay was mentioning. But then it gets so much more complicated when you get into abstract ideas like, you know, love, democracy, ju justice, fairness. And, and then everybody's sense and referent is so different. So, I mean, I almost feel like and this is, you know, maybe like a, um, this is like a criticism of postmodernism too, right? That like we have to, first, before we can even have the argument, we have to establish a definition. But I think there's benefit to that. I think there's benefit to both people being like, you know, especially now with a lot of the division we see in America, it's like, all right, well, like, what exactly is your sense of justice? And then like, what is your reference? Like, what are you basing this off of? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, especially with like the older generation, like, well, life's not fair. And it's like, 
where does that come from? What? Like, where the fuck? That's is, an like... answer. So that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that, that's great, man. I really like where both of you guys took that because you know it's it's we're we're at a time, especially with the internet and technology, we're kind of just forced to to look at our our perceptions, and we're kind of forced to. I don't know if we're we're trying to make them all work, you know, like we're this big experiment of like of trying to make everybody's different views because we're not trying to discover like the truth as much as we're all trying to like explain the truths that feel right to us as individuals as we go every day. Um, yeah, it, it, it's super interesting. I, so I have never learned another language. I would like to at some point. Um, my, my fiance is, um, I say fiance weirdly because I just recently got engaged so it's still it doesn't roll off the tongue congratulations thank you yes thank, i appreciate that uh very pumped about it but um she wants to eventually learn spanish and now there's just so many different ways to learn it that i think it's going to be cool when people are able to learn different languages and really realize how we we see reality so differently like when, when i started learning anything about like eastern world philosophy or any like buddhism or hinduism there was like you know Tao and these certain words that like when i heard the def when i heard certain people alan watts for example talk about these things i'm like i don't know what you're saying like there's not even like a, a setting for the the subject that you're talking on but then once i started listening more and more i imagine this is a little bit kind of how our brains learn language it's like you start to understand the concept that you didn't have an arena for um, you didn't have like a, a practice room that even existed for you to, to go in and understand the things that's super confusing, but um, learning language I think is, is a super cool thing. And I, I imagine what it does to our brains is a lot of um, this probably sends off similar signals and similar things of when we completely change our perception of what we thought we knew, you know? Yeah. And I'll, I'll like kind of humble brag for Shay here. Like Shay is, Shay is a brilliant uh, linguist. I mean, he really, I love the way he thinks about language. So like, I, you know, I, I warn anybody who wants to get into a debate with him about it because he thinks about it a lot. And Shay, I know you speak Spanish. Uh, you speak a little bit of Swedish. You speak French. Um, is, there, is there anything else in that like Swiss army mouth of yours? No, not that I speak, but I, I did take a really keen interest into Esperanto for a little while. And uh, for anyone who's like a true language nerd, uh, they're excited that I'm mentioning probably their, <laughs> their favorite constructed language. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really interesting because what, what you were just describing, especially about like the, having like the space to understand that idea. Uh, one of the guys we talked to uh, in microdosing camp, he's a science writer uh, for the Max Planck Institute. He had this really awesome idea. And I and I'll be totally honest. I know I don't like I, I only I can tell my understanding of this idea is still pretty nascent. Like I don't it's not totally part of me. So forgive me if I don't explain it in the best way. But his his thesis was basically you can't teach someone you can't talk to someone something about I'm sorry. You can't talk to someone about something they don't already know, or is it you can't teach them that they, they have to already have a pretty good understanding of it for you, to, for the, for the language to make sense to them at all. And I think that's ba basically what you're saying. Like, if you can't, if, if you don't have the understanding, the word isn't going to make sense. You know, the, yeah. the, the language has to follow the, I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly the, experience. the, word, the experience, the cognition, something, the understanding yeah. fundamentally. Yeah. Yeah. In, in my head, I like to call it, I, 
I, th- I think I, I think visually. And so a lot of times in my head, it's, it's the setting, the arena. It's almost mm. like a, almost like the beginning of the conversation. Here's what we're talking about. Um, but it's, it's, it's so hard to pinpoint. I do know, um, I understand what you are saying though. And I think yeah. that's a great place. I think that a lot of, a lot of our arguments now in the, you know, like the crazy news world, the America, whatever America's doing right now. Um, I think it's, it's a lot of that people not understanding that they're in different arenas. Like we were like in different stadiums yelling at each other and thinking that like the sound is going over the top of them and we're having a perfect conversation. Yeah. It's just just madness. So what you guys are doing is super cool. Um, so what? Tell me about the future plans that you guys have. Um, I know right now you mentioned you're working on um, adult friendships, but what's what's the plan to lean into? Um, how do you guys come up with your with your new subjects? Well, I think really we just try. Right now we're trying to think of a, of a couple different approaches. Uh, what's interesting and and kind of use universally relatable to some people. So I think the friendship one is everyone right now, especially with with COVID. There, a lot of people are really struggling to to find meaningful connection, and I, ourselves included. Like I spend most of my time with my girlfriend now, which is not how I ever used to be. I'm a really social person, and so now like investigating what friendship is. The idea there is just as universal. We also have, uh, I think, like this part of like this like punk rock screamo band side of us that like wants to really push some boundaries. So yeah. uh, we have a, a. Should we talk about our our big plans, Ian, for uh for our next camp, or is that a this so- this one's been a little contentious with people. Like we're we're we've grown hesitant to talk about it because I mean I guess it's a sensitive issue, um for for a lot of people. So I mean how like are you are you going to get uncomfortable if we talk about like demons and and like uh evocation? D- summon them. Let's do this. <laughs> no. Uh, let's well, see. That, I have a Ouija board right here. I was just doing a ritual last night. Well, no, I I'm all ears. I'm, I'm supremely open to new experiences and new knowledge. I'm definitely want to hear all about this. Yeah. Well, that I mean my, that, my listeners are also open. They're not going to like come to try to cancel you guys or anything either. My listeners well, are are really cool. Well, wait cool. to cancel us until we have a couple episodes out, uh, a couple more out. But I mean, you no, you nailed it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to spend uh, two weeks um, every day trying to summon demons. Um, and we're going to try and find as many traditions that have evocation uh, practices and just try them all w- with the, the kind of the background. The background idea is that we identify as agnostic, atheist, some, you know, somewhere in that area. And if we really are so strong in these convictions, then then this shouldn't be scary for us, and it shouldn't be there. Should there should be nothing to worry about. So we're effectively putting our money where our mouth is, uh, and yeah. I think some to some people it's 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 terrifying for them because they truly believe that there'll be something there. For me, it it feels almost like I feel bad because I feel like I'm 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 making fun of someone, but I really want to come at it with the perspective of like, no, I really want to try this, and I really want to believe it. Um, which is different from Ian because we've 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 already uh, we've done a segment on this already, like in, in anticipation for the episode called "Ignorance in a Bottle," where we talk about our preconceptions before we do any research on it, so we don't kind of spoil our ignorance. We keep our ignorance preserved. And uh, Ian's Ian has some reticence, like he does. He's already afraid. Uh, so I have I, and my thing isn't necessarily like a religious thing as well. Like my thing is, you know, you you spend thirty two years with your brain and you you begin to develop an understanding of how it works and like i know what i need to avoid and like i know what uh like I, you i know how to outsmart my my impulses essentially 
And um, I have an extremely overactive imagination. So it's like, I don't watch horror movies. I'm not a big fan of gore. Like I, I, I avoid certain things. I've got, you know, like a pretty, a relatively addictive personality. So there's like, there's certain things I'm like, okay, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't fuck with this. So with demon summoning camp, it's like, I already know I'm going to be like, like any bump in the night, any like shadow cast, I'm going to be like, oh, fuck, it's the devil. That's the demons. <laughs> yeah. They're here. Oh, they found me. So it's just like, I know that like, it's going to be like that for me for two weeks and then maybe for weeks after. I mean, like you're talking to a guy and like, I will totally tell in myself here in a high school. I saw, I think it was the exorcism of Emily Rose. And like, I was so freaked out that like I was next because I was, I had like, I don't know why I was just such like a, a sweet, supple boy for the, for the demons. Uh, I like <laughs> snuck into my parents' room and slept um, at the foot of their bed because I guess Satan doesn't possess you if you're with mommy and daddy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. Oh man, I do. I, Paranormal Activity had that same effect on me. That was the. It's funny looking at it now. It seems like a corny movie to watch, but yeah. it's at that time. I'm like, wait, like a security camera movie, and is that is that real? Are they were they sleeping and the covers came off? You yeah. you don't really know. Uh, I think that's a really cool cool idea. Um, I think that you'll 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 be surprised at how it's almost like a lot of these subjects when you go into them you think you're learning about this aspect of that subject but you're almost are forced to learn about something completely different within yeah. the exact same experience um i i think that even just observing you guys should also I, and i'm sure you do um you know take notes of like of your fear every day like are yeah. you looking over your shoulder a little more are you you know because I, I think even those words um I'm not sure what I think about all that myself, but, but even those words, you know, have like meanings that pop things into your mind that you weren't planning on thinking about that day for sure. Yeah. You know, mm. so that's, I mean, but, but we also play Grand Theft Auto and we don't go <laughs> driving our cars around killing hookers and stuff. So um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's super cool. How did you guys land on that one? Is it really just the putting your money where your mouth is? Like we, you know, here's here's what we know strongly, what we feel strongly. Let's try to push up against that, or try to um, even just like put a megaphone on that. I, yeah, right. Well, I think the idea was at first we were gonna do. We were looking at um, different religious beliefs uh, as atheists, and yeah. then we we looked at some of them, and you know, like. Uh, so, some of them just don't feel like you can't you can't do Islam. Like I, I feel like um, there's well, no you, there's... you kind of you kind of can't because okay. I mean like just just, just, so just touchy. really quickly and then and then back out. Like one of mm. I remember um, when we first met. Uh, I was before I got you the job at the English Language Institute. Um, I had a bunch of uh, Muslim students and it was Ramadan, so I observed Ramadan with them because they were like, "Oh, we're hungry, we're sleepy, we're thirsty," and I was like, "All right, I'm going to observe Ramadan with you." And under the pretense that if I don't complain, you can complain, and we we learn the lesson. So I think necessarily, yeah, I think you're right that there's not necessarily like you can't just you know convert, but you can uh, observe or, or participate in some of the uh, some of the orthopraxy. Right. Yeah. I just mean. I specifically just mean. Uh... I don't I don't want to be a tourist in someone's religion, especially a religion that in our country, uh, there are people who are targeted for those beliefs, you know, in, in a dangerous way. So um, so, I, you know, I, I, we want to avoid that. And we want to be sensitive to people who have who have ex suffered. Um, so so we we were thinking about those and those religions. 
and Christianity seems like such an easy target these days. And, uh, you know, Judaism has also had, you know, its fair share of anti-Semitism. So then we're like, well, what about Satanism? And then we're like, well, what do we do with Satanism? And then eventually this idea of like demon summoning. And then we're just like, well, that's really all we're interested in. That's the, that's like that's the headline for for Satanism anyway. Let's just jump straight to that. And then we almost kind of reverse engineered it. And we're like, well, OK, well, pagans and witches do this as well from from the little we understand so far. We haven't started the camp yet. So uh, we're still you know, we're still pretty ignorant about it. Um, but we now we understand that there's like other traditions that do evocation that that's not you know that's not even necessarily a christian belief it predates christianity i'm pretty sure for for a long time yeah so uh we're gonna try all these things you know and just see kind of where it takes us and hopefully you know we get like some we we get the punk rock energy going for some other people too because it does feel kind of counterculture and it is fun to relive this like rebellious younger side while also genuinely trying to learn Yes, yes. As as a fellow um, young man who was emo and wore lots of tight black pants growing up himself, <laughs> I'm with you, boys. Um, I I think that that right now, uh, you know, I keep saying right now, especially, but we're we're kind of at this weird edge in our civilization where we're not able to have important conversations because they're weirdo, like and they make us uncomfortable, so we don't want to talk about them. Like, uh, I mean, I even noticed uh, I had a conversation with my with my friend who's black um, on a podcast a couple episodes ago, and basically like try to talk about the race thing. And I was just my foot was in my mouth. I was stumbling over the words. I was like, dude, I don't know how to do this. Like, this is yeah. this is weird. Um, it's all it's it, that's a whole nother complicated issue when it comes to those things. But I think that the things that we're so solid about we should defend them and the things that it, it, defend them by like uh, challenging our own beliefs about them and like reassuring ourselves in the beliefs and the things that we don't know much about, we should explore. I think that's, that's yeah. fantastic. And I think that's part of the reason we were so excited about this subject or, or just this project was, um, and uh, Shay, I mean, Shay, feel free to like back me up, add on or subtract anything. But like, I, I, I think, it was kind of this idea that like, you know, there are enough podcasts that tell people, you know, um, what to think. Like, what if, what about a podcast that like shows people how to unlearn and relearn um, and like make it fun? And cause like, I mean, we, I do think learning is fun, like not to be like, you know, an episode of reading rainbow, but um, like learning new things is exciting. Cause you're like, Oh, like this is a whole, like I'm, I'm, adding to my existence and to my, uh, you know, understanding of what it means to be human. Like I'm enriching, uh, my already relatively rich life. Like this is, this is great. That's like the best thing you could do. Yeah. Yeah. And especially I feel like in the era of Twitter where the, the, the loudest opinion, regardless of its validity or how thought out it is, gets the most attention. We're, we're trying to ideally come out thought differently we're, we're trying to not just say whatever comes out and just be controversial for the sake of controversial we're trying to be controversial for the sake of challenging preconceptions our own especially but challenging anyone else who might share those same preconceptions and not just be a loud controversial figure but be a loud thoughtful controversial figure <laughs> you know I mean, there really isn't a lot of that. There's a, there's a lot of people who just like getting mad at something and then like if they can get two people behind them that say yeah then they're they're really super empowered I right think it's, it's good um guys i think we're getting up here in time i think that it was a fantastic uh intro to your podcast and what you guys are doing and to you as individuals um i know that i'm definitely i checked out a couple episodes um and did a little did a little research and checked it out i enjoy your guys's energy 
Um, I think you're, you're both pretty damn funny. Um, I think that the, the quality of the podcast is pretty good too. Um, I like the, the little inserts and the, the sounds and it's just great. It's well ran. I really, really appreciated it. And so I, I thought it was really cool that you guys reached back out to me when I said, Hey, so I, I'm glad that you came on today, guys. Thank you Likewise, so much, man. man. Yeah. This was such a great conversation. And uh, yeah, I really, we really both, we were so excited when uh, you contacted us because we listened to a couple episodes and I don't know, the vibe is just awesome, man. I really appreciate yeah. what you're doing as well. So thank you so much. I, uh, I was going to say something nice, but I forgot. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll wait and you think of something. <laughs> okay, just give me a second. Um, uh, oh man, damn it, I had it. And then I was like listening to Shay and I'm like, Shay's, how about instead? How about instead you just uh, give the listeners all of you guys' info? So if they want to go call you guys' <laughs> podcast, write this. this is, so Camp Reeducation, because they find that on Spotify, all those. Yeah, you can find, a, you can find Camp Reeducation um, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Just plug it up. We're, we'll be there waiting for you with open arms. We're so excited to have you. We just can't wait to you know, bring you into camp. Um, we also have a website, campreeducation.com. Um, we absolutely love getting suggestions. We have a page where if you listen to an episode and we got something wrong, or if you just want to uh, insult Shay or I in a really funny way, we would love to read that on the air and uh, crack each other up. So um, feel free to do that as well. Shay, That's am I missing epic. anything? Sorry. No, just uh, I think you forgot to direct them to mostly point the insults in your direction. I'm far too <laughs> sensitive. I cannot really handle that. So thank you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes, bring, I'm, bring I'm, it on. I'm, I'm uh, in also just since I'm part of this conversation, I'm emotional and soft. So please don't insult me. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jacob, no, it, our, our beautiful boy, Jacob is off limits. Okay. Yes. I, I'm off limits. Uh, cool guys. This was super cool. Um, I, I hope to stay in contact with you guys once in a while. I really think what you're doing is, is super cool. And uh, I hope we get some new listeners for you out of this experience. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, you and man. likewise, yeah, man. I, I wish I sounded as smart on my show as I, as I was able to sound on yours, but uh, Shay doesn't give me any layups. He's just like the, the Kunta Kinte. He just smacks them all out. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, I, I edit how Ian, however Ian, however smart Ian sounds, that's how I edit him to sound. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too epic, too epic. All right. All right, fellas. Well, have right. a good rest of your day, and uh, I can't wait for the next episode of Camp Reeducation. All right, all right cool. Thanks, Thank you, brother. Thanks again, man. It was, it was a great time. Yeah. See you later. So should we are we are we actually leaving or are we just Knowledge is power.